a 20-year-old got drunk and got in a fight, got kicked out of a bar, and then tried to break into an older guy's home. The uh, older man, who I believe is in a wheelchair, I might be making this part of the story up, but I'm pretty sure it was true. I like it better if he's in a wheelchair, so go on. Me too, me too. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 75. It's kind of an anniversary episode. I mean, 75 episodes, I don't know if, that, if that's a little bit too much of a stretch to call that a milestone, but we'll use any excuse for a celebration uh, around these parts, and uh, we're going to celebrate today, and we're going to do it with another edition of our popular feature, The Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. L-I-L-D-L, for short, flows right off the tongue. Uh, now, who is this we I'm referring to, of course? Well, first, I'm proud to bring in a man who has actually appeared on the show once before. Uh, the diehards may remember him, and the real diehards might even remember a time when he actually used to write for our website, lionsofliberty.com. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a founding member of Lions of Liberty, all the way from New Jersey. My good friend, Tom Zadoti. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? You're doing great, and I'm I'm doing great because you're on the phone with us. A lot of people had to bow out tonight because we got we got a nor'easter, I guess, going on out there. But you are somehow, I guess, where are you squirreled away in like a fallout shelter or something? But you managed to join right. us anyway. I, I don't know how, how people react to snow anymore. It's been a while since I lived out there. It was a pretty hysterical reaction, as it usually is around here. But um, yeah, it, it actually made it a lot easier for me to join tonight. So it's a pleasure to be back. I can't wait to shoot it around with you. And shoot it around we shall. Now, uh, before we get to our next our next guest here, what exactly are you drinking over there, Dom? I just got to know. I am actually drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It is a snow day, so I will be switching to whiskey at some point, probably mid-call. But right now, it's the Pale Ale. An official snow day. All right. That, that harkens back to our college days. And speaking of which, I'm going to bring in another guy here. He will be familiar to many of you who have listened to this feature before, but we have a lot of new listeners in this past month or so. I've seen those numbers tick up. I know you guys are out there, so if you don't know him, he hails from a little land called Virginia. His name is Howie Snowden. Welcome to the show, Howie. Hey, Mark. Good to be back. Well, it is good to have you back. And, you know, look, I do a lot of time, folks, preparing for my interviews diligently, doing research on all my guests, reading their books, reading their articles, listening to other interviews they've done. But for these shows, I do no such thing. I don't do any research. I don't do any preparation. I just fill up fill up a drink. Speaking of drinks, Howie, I don't think I got what you're drinking over there. I, I just glossed right over it. I am, again, drinking a local beer from uh, the Lost Rhino Brewing Company here. Today, I'm, I'm drinking their Face Plant IPA, which is... That uh, sounds appropriate. It's a nice 6.2% alcohol content. Uh, right. Great for, for the winter weather. It's going to make for great radio or great podcasting. <laughs> That's what I know. Howie's always supporting the local breweries out there. I like that. So if anyone from the... What is it called again, Howie? The Lost Rhino Brewing Company. It's in Ashburn, Virginia. Highly recommended. If anyone knows the Lost Rhino Brewing Company or ever crosses paths with these folks, why don't you mention that you heard about them on the Lions of Liberty podcast? Maybe we'll pick up a sponsorship. Who knows? Um, let's see now. And I am drinking, of course, as I'm sure you're all just on the edges of your seat wondering. I've got a 12-year Glenfiddich single malt scotch whiskey. A nice glass. It did have a, an ice cube in it, but 
Oh, we're kind of trying to work out some technical difficulties connecting everybody, and now there's no longer any ice. It's just it's just whiskey, but that's fine. That's fine with me. Now, let's see. As I mentioned, I'm in no way prepared for this show. Uh, I never am. That's that's how I prepare, by not preparing, because we just like to do this thing off the cuff. But, Dom, it's been the longest since I talked to you, and I know there's all sorts of crazy politics and stuff going on in New Jersey all, all the time. So what what's on your mind nowadays uh, when it comes to political thought, political philosophy, or anything else you want to talk about? Deflategate? I mean, it's, it's up to you. Take it wherever you want. Yeah, I'd like to get into all of the above, if that's okay. <laughs> Why not? We'll save Deflategate for the end if there's time. Because <laughs> enough people, I think, are covering it right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I, I hail from the great state of New Jersey. Um, I'm back here again these days. And I've recently taken an interest specifically in local politics because it may not be as sexy or as fun to talk to on Facebook or um, be witty with friends at, at lunch or something. But um, it's good to know kind of what affects your daily life, I think. I think that's something that gets lost on people who claim that they uh, are in the know and uh, follow politics and then try to sound so sophisticated. Yeah, well, some people can tell you, like, you know, the entire history of the Middle East and, you know, everything about the origin of ISIS, but they couldn't tell you who their city councilman is or anything about, you know, the, all the ordinances that are being passed by their city council in their town. So it's, it definitely is a point that we, we, we talk about so many things all the time, but a lot of those things... Eh, there are things that we're concerned with, foreign policy, I'm concerned with it, but they're not as much of the things that are affecting us directly, whereas a lot of times I think we just forget the, about the fact that there's all this politics and all these people going on right in our backyard deciding a bunch of beep, so maybe we should pay attention to that too. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely you know correct. That's exactly what I mean. I mean, it's um, you also have more influence on that portion of your life, so you, you actually kind of count um, in a way. <laughs> maybe that's a little ideal ideological and it's not really true, but you definitely have a little more impact on your local politics. And it affects your life way more directly than than uh, all the fancy stuff that you know see and then and all the uh, one liners that people like to put on their, you know, tweets or Facebook posts. So not not to sound all sanctimonious, um, but that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so and yeah, like you mentioned, there's always a lot of stuff going on. Um, as most people know, our governor is Chris Christie. He gets a lot of traction nationwide, so I've heard of that guy. I heard he's been spending a lot of time uh, in Dallas lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that was a, that was a, kind of a sign of maybe his arrogance and blinding his good judgment because that's really as stupid as it is. That's really turned a lot of people off from in this state as well. States half New York Giants fans and half Philadelphia fans. So yeah, he's, he's kind of hanging with the wrong crowd to uh, to score political points. Huh? Uh, yeah, Dom, yeah. I, I think he said that uh, Eagles fans are the worst fans in the world. So yeah, Governor Christie's <laughs> dead to me. He is dead to me now. Wait, did he actually he say did. that, or are you just egging him? Egging no, Dom no, he, oh, he said that. Yes. Oh, he actually said that. Actually said that. Yeah, and his brother said something. Uh, to that effect as well. And, and we know he had a brother until then. <laughs> I mean, there's a pretty heavy uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan base in New Jersey, so that's it's kind of interesting he would just I'd swipe a, a decent portion of his, you know, constituency like that. Yeah, and he had, you know, he had a lot of um, people in the sports world who kind of respected him because he had a, an almost regular spot on the major Philadelphia sports radio in the morning. He used to call in maybe, you know, every month or so, they were kind of buddies, and um, the main guy, Angelo Cataldi, he's kind of a legend in the area. He sort of endorsed him, never came out and endorsed him, but he's actually a New Jersey resident. He voted for him. And um, he's really severed that tie, and he's 
you know, just seems kind of foolish, you know, name of arrogance. You know, I know that's his, his game, his stick. I do what I want. I was always a Cowboys fan. Right, he's the big tough guy. That's why, you know, that's why we got to right. vote for him, I guess. <laughs> right. That worked in New Jersey, at least. Yeah. Well, it's not even working here. Is that his gimmick? Like, like, is he supposed to be basically like a mob boss? Like, if he was a wrestler, he would. That would be. He would come out in like the hat and and you know, like like with the two two Italian men in leather jackets next to him. Like that. That pretty much seems like that's what his sort of political gimmick is. As like, sort of basically the tough like um, like don't mess with me mob boss, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't follow New Jersey politics that closely, but right. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty good. It's a softer version of that. Not really exactly like a mob boss, like you know. But um, definitely the, hey, I'm from Jersey, I do what I want, <laughs> type <laughs> right. of attitude. And, um, you know, it's, well, I guess some people enjoy that. And I, when I meet them and they say that, if they're usually from the Midwest and don't have to deal with them. So it's it's funny to see him kind of testing his waters in the, you know, in the national arena. And uh, I think there were just some polls, Quinnipiac polls. I know they're early to talk about now, but he scored very low. I don't remember the exact numbers. I have to look it up. Very low nationwide so far. So. He's good for our local talk radio. Uh, but, you know, the people we have coming up behind him is a Democratic nemesis, if you will, um, who's probably the heir apparent no better. So it's kind of a desperate situation, but you got to keep, keep abreast of it. And what's kind of happening now with some of the big things going on is New Jersey enjoys some of the lowest uh, gas taxes in the country. It's the only bone we get thrown as New Jersey residents. We have some of the highest property taxes, income tax, et cetera. But we have a low gas tax, and people from PA will get gas here. Like, just like we go over there to get cigarettes and alcohol. It's kind of a nice little trade. And you get it pumped for you. Don't they, like, legally have to pump the gas for yeah, you? Yeah, yes, you cannot legally pump your own gas. That is a complaint I have. What is with that? I, you can't pump your own gas in New Jersey? Oh, it's bonkers, isn't it? I live here, too, and it's great. Pull up. They do everything. New gas smell on your hands when you're going somewhere. Off you go. Was there some kind of incident that triggered this? Or like- I think there's a gas fillers union that must like control things there. <laughs> That's the only only thing I can think of. Probably because um, you know that kind of ties into where where I was going. So we have this um, like as I mentioned, we have the low gas, and right now it's 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 it feels like nineteen I don't know ninety nine maybe maybe I think that's in two thousand one two thousand two. I paid the dollar seventy one uh, today to fill up. Today? So, yeah. <laughs> in 2015? Yes, I know. It's unbelievable. I literally paid that in like 1997. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It goes way back. It goes way back. So it's, it's really nice. And, you know, as I've mentioned, you can play to you a lot. I have a very long commute. So I put a lot of miles on. And I'm saving myself like $70 a week. That's huge. Um, since uh, this time a year and a half ago. So. Wow. It's nice, and a lot of people are feeling that, you know, around the country, not just here, obviously. But So as this is happening, people are feeling a little better about their lives and their 80-mile commute. New Jersey's trying to um, hike our gas tax right now. <laughs> the one the one bone they throw you, they're trying to tear right out of your mouth, huh? Exactly, and they're doing it right when we're feeling pretty good about things. You know, I don't know. we're getting a break finally. Something's going on right. Um, so they pulled that. They're going to pull that back. And the, the whole purpose behind it is a depleted highway fund. Um, and you know we have there's commercials out there with a little girl singing "London Bridge is Falling Down" and <laughs> dramatic. And if you want to cry, if you're going to die on the bridge tomorrow, and it's probably true. But the um, there's some real things to consider here. You're not just a guy who wants a little girl to die on a bridge. 
if you don't think we should like the gas tax. You're kind of like me. You want to know what happened to the money in the trust fund in the first place. And there's different opinions on that. I mean, that's the same thing these guys do for anything. They will whip out a crying kid to convince you to yeah. do absolutely anything, whether it's in local politics or the national level. I mean, whether it's to pass Obamacare or whether it's to, you know, pass the tax to fund the bridges. It's just it's, it's, it seems like the lowest possible form of communication to just connect like a crying child with any kind of legislation. Cause even if there is like some weird justification for, for whatever they're talking about, like that kid has no clue about bridges or taxes. He certainly isn't paying any taxes. I mean, right. this, this kid is a, a prop at all times. So maybe it's not, maybe that kid, in this case, the kid's probably just some actor, I guess they got for this commercial, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> I appreciate what? your take on it. Might as well. <laughs> What about you, Howie? What's happening over in Virginia? I know you're fired up about some uh, some stuff they've been doing oh, yeah. over there. Hot off the, I guess the Facebook feeds. I see our uh, governor here, Terry McAuliffe, was trying to pass some new gun control legislation, but the uh, Virginia Senate shot that down. And in addition to shooting it down, they also passed <laughs> another thing to allow gun owners to obtain uh, lifetime concealed carry permits here. So I guess <laughs> nice. Virginia's so, got the, I mean, uh, New Jersey, I guess, got the gas tax. Uh, Virginia is a pretty pro-Second Amendment state. I guess that's one of the, the biggest freedom things you could talk about here. I mean, it, it, in California, you've got uh, the medical marijuana going. Um, I don't see that happening in Virginia anytime soon, but... Yeah, every I guess every area's got their own thing, and I guess it really just depends on... Uh, what is more or less of a social taboo uh, based on, I guess, you know, the ideas of the populace in that area. So, you know, out, out, out here in hippie California, people have been smoking weed for like a hundred years. So like yeah. the medical marijuana stuff pa- passed pretty quickly. Although it should be noted that even in California, while these other states, you know, we have uh, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, all legalizing recreational marijuana that actually failed in California a couple years earlier than that. So, I mean, there's a lot of lobbyists. There's a lot of of law enforcement agencies that still want to keep it, um, keep it and other substances controlled in, in some way. And I know in California, a big part of it is they need people in prison because they use yeah. these prisons. I mean, I read an article here. We passed Prop 47, uh, which uh, lowers a lot of drug offenses from felonies to misdemeanors. So that's good for a lot of people if they have a felony off the record. Some people will be able to buy a handgun now. After they jump through all the hoops, you got to jump through to do that in California, you know, yeah. and maybe make it get easier to get it, getting a job if that was their only felony, that kind of thing. Well, you know, one of the one of the jobs as libertarians is uh, teaching the marijuana people that the gun people are okay, and teaching the gun people that the marijuana people exactly. are right. Exactly, and then <laughs> giving a call to the gay marriage people and telling them the same thing. <laughs> the principle of freedom. <laughs> if no one's hurting anybody, let them do what they want. You know. Exactly. I mean, and people can certainly form their own communities on their own private property and say, I mean, hey, if there's a community of people and they say, this is our property, we don't want guns here, that's fine. I have no yeah. problem with that. But don't force me, don't force those rules upon people that haven't, you know, agreed to them and that are living outside the community. And that kind of seems like the way our system of government is right now, whatever anyone in any part of the country wants, it must apply to everyone else in the country. I mean, that's not what happens in reality, thankfully, because we do have a lot of separation of power still. You know, states do have certain rights, even if they're trampled on by the federal government and vice versa. But um, you know, I guess I guess that's it's a good thing about this country in a way, you know, that we can kind of, uh, you know, we don't have to just necessarily just elect a certain congressman or certain senator or president to uh, affect change, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's negatives about it as well, but 
The fact is, no matter what system it's we got, and, good. yeah. What's that, Dom? Sorry. No, don't apo- there's no apologies. I know you, you haven't officially been on a Libertarians in Living Rooms uh, drinking liquor branded show. I think when you were on, it was like our holiday special. But but you know, on these shows, there are no apologies. There are there are no uh, there's no hiccups. There's no taking anything back. We just shoot it out and then we we slap it on the internet and then there it is. So <laughs> no apologies, Dom. Rule rule number one. Well, rule number one is always be always be drinking. But rule number two. Ah, so where were we here? We were talking about, uh, oh yeah, well, uh, one more point I wanted to make about the dr- drug legalization in California is, you know, we did pass that Proposition 47 that, you know, lowered a lot of felonies to misdemeanors. It basically makes drug possession uh, um, still illegal, um, still misdemeanors, but a lot of these people will not be considered felons and will end up getting out of jail or not going to jail at all, depending on the case. And there's a big hoopla over it where the courts are pretty much having to order the, these people out of jail, even when they're, you know, should be released in, in every reasonable way under this program. But the the prisons are arguing that, well, you know, we need to keep these people because uh, we need to put out the fires because <laughs> there's like fires all the time in California, you see. And uh, I guess a big part of the firefighting force, there's like a program where prisoners I guess in exchange for, I don't know, brownie points or commissary points or maybe early release or, you know, good notes on their parole card, whatever, are used to fight fires in California. So they were actually using this as like a fear-mongering tactic, just like the little kid when they bring her out, oh, if you don't support the gas tax, then the bridges are going to fall. They're doing the same thing here. They're saying if you support Prop 47, you know, uh, you support like burning the state down because we're not going to have firefighters (laughs) because we're not going to keep enough people in jail. I mean, it's crazy. So there's nothing you know, more thought, efficient than uh, slave labor firefighters? <laughs> pretty much. That, that, they didn't do the billboard or anything or, or the TV ad, but that's pretty much what they're saying. Wow. I thought you were going into a joke about the fires. I didn't realize that was actually a true thing. No, it's, wow. I, yeah, I'm like, it seemed like a, an elaborate setup for, uh, with a punchline and yeah. everything. But no, the, yeah. the punchline is it's not a beeping joke. Uh-oh, I just cursed. <laughs> Might need to do a little editing here. We'll see. Um, yeah, the punchline is it's not a joke at all. <laughs> Punchline is they yeah. literally use that as an argument to try to keep people in jail. Not, oh, these are violent people. And, of course, some people try to say that, too. And I should note the program doesn't allow people with violent fe- offenses to fall under this. It's only... Oh, you mean people that shouldn't be in jail to begin with? Yes, exactly. It only affects people that do not have a violent, any kind of violent arrests, as, not even just as part of the current felony, but as part of what they've been arrested for as part of their record. If you have a nonviolent record and your only felony was possession of this uh, substance, then you get knocked down. So I think that's totally fair because it totally destroys the argument of anybody that would say, but these violent people, well, no, this doesn't apply to the violent people. Dom? Yeah, no, I see. That's just I, I try so hard not to be such a cynical person, and uh, Prop Forty Seven is Forty Seven. We can't keep track of the numbers. What's? Oh yeah, it's Forty Seven. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so I was, re- you know, I was really excited when I heard about that, and I have, I actually had a friend out in California who had to had to go to jail for some time for some drug things, and I, I gave him a call to see. Well, he was girlfriend call to see if that was going to affect him. Unfortunately, it wasn't, but, you know, it was still something I was really happy to hear. Some good news, you know, a win for the people. Um, and I was about to say that before you went into this crazy prisoner story. <laughs> <laughs> Did your friend ever fight fires? Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's not um, not the big win that we hoped for, huh? It's not being fought all the way. No, but it does seem that, I mean, there, there's still, 
I mean, the proposition is still passed. It's still in effect, but they're uh, they're really, I guess, uh, sitting on their thumbs with uh, the actual going through with the actual release of a lot of these prisoners. I mean, at some point when the law says these people should be let out and they're not being let out, like, I mean, at some point we have to say, all right, well, this is now kidnapping. This is now, like, now you are committing the crime, even though I, w- I would say from the beginning the people holding the nonviolent people captive are the ones committing the crime from the get-go, but obviously most of society, uh, you know, doesn't really see things that way. And you know that's why I do a show. That's why that's why I that's why I drink liquor with my friends sometimes and talk about this stuff. Hey, I don't know if you guys get the sense like I do, but it, it, to me, I know we've got an uphill battle ahead of us. But it seems like the tides are turning. Like a lot of things are changing in my lifetime that I never thought that I would see. There are more people that believe in freedom and liberty than I've ever seen in my life. It just seems like the movement's growing and getting bigger. There's a lot of progress left to be made, but it seems like we're getting victories every year, every election. Um, things are getting better in a lot of ways, and it's it's left me really hopeful. And I mean, the stuff. That yeah, you I, agree. I agree. I agree. There's still pervasive ignorance, though. Um, you, know, you talk to somebody about specific things that happened, and everything they say sort of bolsters what what we believe in. You know, this, this the idea that you shouldn't put people away for this, and you deserve your own decision-making abilities for that. and um, But then you start actually introducing issues in the political <laughs> world, and they just stick to a party line because they think that's how it should be. Uh, regardless of the conversation you just had about why that kid shouldn't have went to jail for that crazy crime, um, they turn around the next minute and support causes like that when you start talking about things that are being discussed on, on in the news. And um, that, that's what scares me, that there's like a a disconnect between what people actually believe and what they say they believe and vote for. Yeah, we just got to keep having the conversations, though. I mean, come on, uh, Mark used to be a neocon himself, and look how far he's come. I don't know if I was ever a neocon, but <laughs> and I know yeah. you're just pulling my chain. But no, I've, I mean, all of us, I've, I mean, every single one of us has had some kind of view that was a lot more mainstream, I guess, than it is now. And you know, it probably didn't happen the, the first time someone challenged our, our views. It probably happened, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty. Uh, well, Howie's pretty manipulative. I, I could probably manipulate you pretty easily, or, or vice versa. So maybe it would only take like one time of us like hanging out for a night to change our view on something. But in general, it takes time. It takes time for people to hear things in different ways. And sometimes people don't hear you at first. They hear the words and they yeah. go through through their brain, but they're not really, uh, you know, they're not really connecting. But then something happens. Some event, maybe some world event, something on the news where they go, "Oh wait, that's like that thing Mark was talking about that one time. Oh, maybe I should listen to that guy." And, and I'm not saying everybody should listen to me, but some people should. I don't know. <laughs> the people listening to this podcast, maybe they've decided they've made the active decision to for for whatever crazy reason. So yeah, and I mean we're we're also lucky that we had someone like Ron Paul that was able to put these ideas into words so well and got you know into the national spotlight. And uh, I mean, I, we owe that man such a debt for bringing so many people to liberty. Myself, all of us, include you know. It's true because so many people, you know, I, want, I always ask my guests, as you guys know, on the show, the first thing I want to ask people is is how they came into libertarianism, how they first became interested in libertarian ideas, how they got down that path. And one of the most common things I hear from people say is, well, I guess I kind of always was a libertarian. It just, I always kind of held these beliefs. I just didn't really have a name for it or, or put them all together in a coherent way. And it's only over time when you really start to think about the issues that, 
you you start to kind of hopefully at least hash out your inconsistencies. At least that's what I try to do on this show. I try to draw out inconsistencies and try to make that part of our conversation because if if you don't have a real consistent philosophy, like you said, you see so many positive things going on lately with the with the war on drugs, little political victories here and there. But if, if you know, if, if they're just the issue of the day, like if, if people are just voting to legalize marijuana because they like to get high, well, that's great. I mean, I'll support them if that's the reason that they have because it's a good issue and, you know, I don't want to see more people in jail for it. But if that's the only reason, you know, if, if they still will, set, will turn around and say, well, yeah, but you, can, you still got to throw people in jail if they have heroin because, I mean, that's heroin. That's really yeah. bad. Then, you know, I'll still be glad they support me on the one issue. But then we got to realize, OK, we haven't really necessarily made the breakthrough we might think here because these same people are ready to take someone else that's not violent and throw them in jail for another substance that just they just don't happen to use themselves or they just don't see the benefit in or whatever. I mean, you used to go to a drugstore and you would buy heroin. Essentially, they would sell it as part of medicine for, you know, for various things. Same thing with cocaine. It's only when these things become criminalized that they take on these stigmas. And I'm not saying these are necessarily all safe things to be using. They're not necessarily just like booze isn't just like a lot of prescription drugs aren't. It's about like any, almost any substance out there that one can put in their body can be helpful, can be har- can have benefits, and can also be harmful depending yeah. on the extent that they're sort of taken. And obviously I know I don't need to sell you guys on this concept, but it, it's it's what so many people I, I think miss. And that's why, I mean, even this kid, I'm sure you guys know about this kid with the, the hash oil in Texas. I mean, they're using, um, basically they're saying because it's hash oil, they're judging it on a, a different level, on a higher scale than if it was just marijuana. And because of that, he's facing I think he ended up pleading. I think Odie had it had it up yeah, there. Yeah, I think but, I heard something about a deal. I forget exactly. Yeah, what it I think was. he's just going to end up with probation. But he, at one time, he was facing life in prison for hash oil. And look, if Texas, well, I don't think it's even on the table in Texas because, like we said, with our our little regional areas and, and the taboos, and I think uh, marijuana is still pretty taboo there. But um, you know, even if they fully legalize marijuana, this kid would still face those those sentences because it was hash oil. So while it's a wow. positive. And and I agree. I do see a lot of positives. I think there's a danger in getting too I don't know too confident that everyone's just figured out liberty because you know we've got a few a few good bills passed and and a few more freedoms here and there because ultimately at the end of the day those people are going to advocate you know goon stepping on your neck too for something else. It's just it just have, they just have to change what that something else is and and that's that's kind of where the issues lie. What do you guys think? It, well, another reason why I think things can change for the better is because all these politicians, they don't really have beliefs. They will just do and say whatever it takes to get reelected and to stay in power. So if we're going to tell them, hey, if you want to get elected and stay in power, we need to just support these kind of issues and get enough people saying it, that's what they're going to do. It's not like they're actually so opposed to uh, a lot of these things we're proposing. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of politicians out there are uh and i think there are good politicians too there are, there are people that went into it for the right reasons and some people get very corrupted by the process maybe some people don't get as corrupted but you know either way i think there are good people in politics we shouldn't treat them all with the same brush but i think we do see um, a lot of evidence that there are a lot of corrupt politicians that will pretty much go wherever the wind goes and it's a bad thing in theory because we don't want we want people with principle i mean i'd rather have people that have actual principles but if we see that most of them are easily 
swayed by public opinion, well, hey, we'll just let's just keep focusing on public opinion and not necessarily worry about politician X or politician Y, because ultimately, right. at the end of the day, whether it's through the electoral process or just through you know legislation and the way, or even maybe even jury nullification and state nullification and things like that, ultimately things are going to shift the way that most people believe. So if we keep focusing on that, I think I think we'll be on the right track. And, and there are good politicians out there, like Justin Amash, for example. Sure. I mean, every time I, I, I have a bash in politicians here, I feel bad for people like him that get lumped in. Exactly. But, uh, well, think about how libertarians must feel when there's, you know, other people that are out there calling themselves libertarians that, you know, say crazy stuff and support the killing of cops and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, or, or uh, you know, you find out they they molested their daughter and stuff like that, and then people say, well, look, look at who libertarians are. They're 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 these guys that advocate cop killing, and they're these guys that molest kids. I mean, it's the same thing. I think any. Whatever, whether it's an occupation or a political ideology or whatever, there's there's going to be bad apples, and um, it, it just seems like yeah. in pol- and and so often the the good are going to get smeared with the the names of those bad apples and, or with the deeds of those bad apples. But uh, I think we all agree that in, in terms of at least like our the, the politics we see today, uh, the bad apples do seem to outweigh the good right now. Man, I don't know how the Libertarian Party could be anything but the party of peace. Like our whole thing is we're against force, and you have these nuts out there advocating like killing cops and stuff it's like you cannot call yourself a libertarian i mean uh use of force is pretty much our, our big thing you know well the justification and hopefully it's a hopefully it's a vocal minority and i'm not calling out anyone specific because i don't i'm not like trying to start some internet libertarian war but but i mean the, i think that the main <laughs> thing that they or am i could be good for ratings but um the main thing that I usually get from these guys is they basically will say, you know, anyone working for quote unquote the state, they, they, they view it as an occupying army and, you know, they're all a part of the aggressor force. They all go around, you know, aggressively pulling people over or for whatever crime. And if you, you know, if you don't comply with their demands, they're going to kill you. So therefore it's okay for you to kill them first. And it's, I don't want to completely dismiss that because there is an element of truth to it. I mean, it is true. Our system is coercive. Our system is based on the fact that if the cops pull you over for whatever reason and you don't do what they say, they're going to kill you or use force on you or what have you. And we've seen that, you know, in full in full force with Eric Garner and you know, a lot of other public cases lately. But, um, you know, that's not the the source of the problem. They're not an invading right. army. They're not. They didn't come. They didn't land from like the moon and just like show up and start arresting people. No. Even practically, what was it? Operation or Occupy Wall Street not so long ago? Or yeah. The cop spraying the the students with the pepper spray and that there was such backlash against that. If if those kids instead just sat there, got up and were violent and attacked the cop, it would have ruined the whole thing. There's so much power in nonviolence. It's Oh, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, you, you, you have the moral high ground. And I'm not against people literally defending themselves. And I'm not against someone using force against a cop if that's in the context of defending themselves any more than it would right. be defending themselves against another person. I mean, in fact, I think I, I'm going to make up the state. I, I think it was Oklahoma, but don't quote me on this. As you know, no preparation for these shows. But, you know, we see a lot of these cases with no, no-knock no raids where the owner of the house gets shot and, you know, they always say, well, there might have been drugs in the house and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to file charges against anyone. But uh, there was a recent yeah. case where there was a no-knock raid and the guy – thinking his house was getting robbed. I mean, as you would if you saw some dudes dressed in all black busting into your house at 3 in the morning. He shot the uh, one of the officers and killed him uh, in his own house, and they're not pressing charges of any kind against the guy because, well, I mean... 
Oh, that that was Oklahoma. You're right. But the guy, I think it was the chief of police. He didn't die because he had a oh, he didn't bulletproof die. vest okay. on. He shot him. He just got shot then. But still, he's not being charged, which right. I, I can't believe. I mean, great, great. Right. Usually, that's not how those things play out. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Hey, Dom, has anyone ever uh, no-knocked raid your house, raided your house? <laughs> uh, no, but I got to tell you, there's uh, somebody near me just had an incident, a 20-year-old who's drunk. And you hear these stories once in a while. This one was local. 20-year-old got drunk, um, got in a fight, got kicked out of a bar, and then tried to break into an older guy's home. The uh, older man, who I believe is in a wheelchair, I might be making that part of the story up, but I'm pretty sure it was true. I like it better if he's in a wheelchair, so go on. Me too, me too. I just wanted to be truthful. I think it was, you know, Google it, Cape May, New Jersey, home invasion. Um, but he um, ended up shooting and killing this 20-year-old, and the, um, you know, the parents obviously are upset, and they're trying to make a thing about it. But so far, again, um, you know, a, a nod to the current society, not trying to hang innocent people. Um, they haven't charged him, last I heard. But there was a big discussion of whether he should be charged or not. And it turned out that this man, who was, pro- I think, in a wheelchair, very certain he was in a wheelchair, um, actually warned this kid not to come in, that he had a gun, which apparently is part of the protocol. Um, and the kid uh, did not retreat and broke glass and came in and he was shot and killed and um so far has not been charged but there was like i said a, a lot of debate and it, it makes you kind of nervous and i, I there, one of the local radio stations had people calling in and a few cops called in and talked about um the right steps in that situation and and the host was kind of shocked that you, you expect people when their homes are being invaded where their children sleep to to think about protocols they're not trained officers of the law. They have a gun and somebody's threatening the lives of their children. They should never have to worry about going to jail. Right. You shouldn't have had to happen to hear a radio call-in of a police officer breaking down all the things you should do when in the case, you don't even realize there's cops. You just know that somebody's invading your home. Uh, hi, my family's here. All I'm thinking about is protecting yeah. them and that's all you're, that's the only, you're, gonna, you're on animal instinct at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should have at the very least the right, no questions asked. Somebody broke into your home, you have the right to kill them, I think. I I think, thankfully, most of the callers on this program agree with that. But it was scary to hear the cops come on and tell you what needs to happen to avoid charges yourself for killing somebody who's threatening you, your family, and your property. You know, Um, I'm all for people defending themselves, and I even... I got my alarm system disconnected because I know if the cops ever showed up here for whatever reason, they're probably going to shoot my dog. She's a, a pit mix, she, very sweet, but they're just going to see. It just seems to me like every time I You mean I like if you weren't home or something? Or even that, or if I am, they come here for some reason. It seems like protocol number one is come in the house, shoot the dog. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you want to know. announce that your uh, your alarm system is disconnected on uh, national uh, worldwide uh, podcast? <laughs> Hypothetically, I was. <laughs> there we go. Okay, never mind. This is just a, a hypothetical for the record, everybody. Hey, there may not be an alarm system, but this house will be defended. So exactly. I think. I think um, if anyone tried to break in your house, they would probably wish there was an alarm system instead. So. <laughs> Anyways. So you you also have not been no knock raided yet, then, right, Howie? No, no knock raids here. Luckily, no problems in this neighborhood. So. Yeah. Look, and I think we've all. I don't know. I I've fallen victim to the. 
oh, God, F the police. God, the cops. I mean, when I see a cop, I roll my eyes, too, when I see a cop behind me. Because I, cause, but it's, you know, it's because of the greater system. It's because I, I know that, you know, this is something I talked about with Ben Swan in our last episode, that, you know, almost every city and municipality at this point, the, the police are basically used as revenue generators. They're used to go around to give tickets to people, to give citations for people, to make arrests, and the purpose is to create revenue for the city. That is basically how they all operate, and, and it turns into a, a function where they're acting – there's a per- perverse incentive where a lot of police are acting, and this isn't even like the individual police officer's fault. It's simply what they're being ordered to do. Uh, they're acting – in ways that will whatever ways will gain them more money now and in the the case of a lot of these local police forces they're get a lot of their money are, are federal funds and they get federal funds due to drug arrests due to no knock raids i mean p- police departments get like actual get money based on like how many no knock raids they conduct i mean this is like an actual programs that exist and i you know i'm not the expert i haven't prepared but ben swan is and go back and listen to that episode our last episode for the full details if you haven't heard it yet but i mean basically there are some very perverse incentives here and you know to reference another episode, uh, our Rayford Davis, the ex-police officer that I, I spoke with, um, you know, he he mentioned that how like he moved out of the drug division into kind of child protective services, um, not that organization, but that area of the police department, and you know he was so underfunded and such a low priority, like because there's no money in that. Sadly, there's no money in protecting kids from predators or protecting kids from child abuse, but there's a lot of money, a lot of money in drug arrests, and there's a lot of money. And, um, you know, in, in conducting SWAT raids, there's a lot of federal funds that come from it. So the incentives we have are, are just so, so twisted and perverse. And that's got yeah. to change on, on a bigger scale. I mean, it's crazy that the cops in New York City are trying to hurt the mayor by, all right, we're not going to bring in the revenue. We're only going to arrest people that we absolutely have to arrest. It's like, well, wait, why don't we normally just arrest people that we have? Yeah, like, why isn't that what getting arrested already is? I mean, that must be great. I hope the people are enjoying in New York City and try to get them to uh, stick with that. But I'm, I'm afraid the money is going to be too much of a temptation. They need to generate that revenue. Well, I, I think they were actually like threatened, too. They were they were told, like, no, you guys got to go back and, and get X number of citations a day and go back to giving out all your tickets or we're going to take away your retirement. We're going to take away your pensions. We're going to take away your benefits. And so there's like a whole kind of clash going on right now there. But it's bringing the issue. I mean, I think the positive thing here is and it's sad that it took the deaths of two police officers and the death of Eric Garner for all this stuff to come up. But sadly, like tragedies happen, and unfortunately, I mean, I mean, or I guess fortunately, in a roundabout way, the, those tragedies can at least there's at least a silver lining that they bring attention to a lot of yeah. issues. And one of those issues is the way that the police are used as revenue revenue generators, the way that they're used as you know they they enforce victimless crimes like cigarette tax laws and stuff like that. And when we put that stuff in the purview of so law, ridiculous. it creates. You know, the situation where there's a lot of violent encounters that are coming and those violent encounters are not because of a rape or a murder or something that I would actually want police officers to intervene in. They're coming during a drug arrest. They're coming when a you know a kid gets scarred by a flash grenade because they're busting into their house because they think maybe that the son is a drug dealer and they still haven't revealed if they even are a drug dealer or not. Because after it happens, it doesn't matter. And it especially doesn't matter for the person who's killed or injured in that no knock assault. I, I mean, I, even the word raid, I don't think is strong enough. There are assaults on people's homes, people that are innocent because they're innocent until proven guilty. And even if they're guilty, what they're often guilty of is, or is, you know, something without a victim, something where no one's trusting charges on them except for the government because they possess a certain substance or they're manufacturing a certain substance or that kind of thing. Rant complete. 
What, what else do you guys got? <laughs> <sighs> Dom fell asleep, unfortunately. I, I know in my, in my wrap up, in my long rants, it, it tends to happen sometimes. I'm, I'm learning so much. You know, besides not being on the, the podcast, I'm also just not as plugged in, and I, I'm starting to see why I need to be. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be, it'd be um, fun to, to see. I'm trying to, I've been trying to think, actually, since you mentioned it, trying to think of a, um equivalent in, in the corporate world or the business world where there's such a conflict of interest. And I haven't been able to think of one. I'm just not that quick on my toes. But, I mean, could you imagine the government task force that would go after a business or an industry that had a setup like that where there was incentive to do the wrong thing um, for its main customers to predatorily go after people to make a little bit more money and to be rewarded by the very governing force that was supposed to watch out for that. Yeah, I mean, the only the only one I can think of offhand is one I've already mentioned, and that's like the, these private prisons. I mean, right. the very idea of the fact that the only way we make money is by having prisoners, I mean, that's as perverse an incentive as it gets because then their motivation is to hey, guess what? Make sure there are as many prisoners right. as possible. So now what do they want to do? They want to lobby for more drug laws, for more right. more laws against uh, victimless crimes. Because if you only enforce real crime, like actual crime, like people robbing from people and attacking other people, oh, the prisons are going to be very, you know, you know. how many times do you guys, have you guys been assaulted in the last couple of years? I mean, I'm not, right. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It's just not, it's not an every second of the day occurrence. Whereas someone smoking a joint is is happening pretty much every second of the day, and that's why there are the prisons are so full of people because that's the people they're going after. They're going after the people that aren't hurting people, and yeah, the people that are hurting people somehow get swept up in it too. And I'm I'm glad they do. But the overall system, that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is the victimless crimes and the revenue generation, and that is just that is just so opposite of what police work should be, no matter if you're an anarchist and thinks it should be private defense agencies or if you just want a small government or whatever system you advocate for, that, you know, that has no place in, in any system, you know, trying to call itself a just system. Nah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I feel you. I feel you. Howie, are you getting cold? It sounds like you're shivering else, uh... over there. Is the snow really picking up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish or has it been a be, while since your last drink? <laughs> I wish there was going to be enough for me to justify not going to work tomorrow, but I don't think that's going to be the case here in Virginia. It's just well, Dom's uh, already called in. Dom's already got the snow day locked in, isn't that right? Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of what else to talk about. I, I I know there's been some things mostly going on in the world. I think the king of Saudi Arabia died. There's a coup in Yemen. But if you look at the news, all there is is a snowstorm and deflate gate. <laughs> I come home. I want to find out more about this this coup that supposedly went on, and it's. A Tom Brady press conference, I guess. <laughs> You're expecting guess to see Barack person. Obama and you get uh, president of football, Tom Brady. <laughs> Don't pay attention to everything we're doing in Yemen. is not working out. Let's, let's find out what the Patriots are up to instead. And I like to think I'm on top of news. I, I like I write the morning roar the last couple of days. I didn't mention it, so it fell beneath my ra- radar. Like, there was a coup in Yemen? Yeah. Did uh, we do that? And by we, I mean, like, the U.S. government or? The, the rebels, um, uh raided the presidential palace and that's probably with our money right uh no no we support the oh we like we like the president there he's like our, he's like our guy it's hard to keep track he made some kind of power sharing deal but he wasn't following through with it so now they're i don't know they're negotiating back and forth i think they'd one of the vehicles that the american embassy got shot at too but i don't know according to the news all i should care about right now is the snow in new york and, and how, how much of football was deflated yeah 
Oh, I, I guarantee you during the Super Bowl, we will know the PSI of every single football <laughs> that's used in that game. Oh, that's too much. Any, anything else that you, you've seen in the news lately, Dom? Besides, I mean, I guess we can hit on Deflategate. We, we mentioned it in the, in the top of the show, uh, but no, I'm just kidding. We can't. I, I can't. I can't hear about it anymore. Let's not be part of the problem. No, no. We can't complain <laughs> yeah, about people being distracted unless it's in jest, which is what we're, we're doing so far. We can totally talk about it in jest. We just had the State of the Union. Any opinions on that? Oh, see, I, I so I guess a couple of years ago, I just I couldn't take it anymore, and I just I don't watch them. But now, what I do is I read Brian McWilliams' recaps at LionsOfLiberty.com. So if you guys haven't checked that out, if you like rant and um, anger fueled sort of uh, ranty responses to State of the Unions, Brian McWilliams is your man. So be sure to check that out. It it is very long, but it is still not as long as the actual State of the Union. So so there is that. <laughs> What about Rand's response? Did you guys see Rand did his own little, like, not the Tea Party. I mean, there was an official Tea Party response, and then there was, like, other guys that are, like, I guess Rand is technically associated with the Tea Party. I don't get how that all works. It's not an official party, but they're always referencing the Tea Party. Then they're talking about Tea Party Republicans. Then they're talking about Tea Party light Republic. I hear all these, like, tea-related terms, and I don't even know where the actual lines are. I mean, to me, most of them are all basically the same. I will say I think Rand is is different than the others in many ways. I mean, he's he's the only one I've heard say things like, we should end the drug war and, and something like that. Right. Um, he doesn't quite say it with the the same kind of principled fire as, as Ron Paul might, but he, he does uh, talk against it more than really any other mainstream politician, or at least at least anyone that we're going to see running for president. So, did you guys see his response at all, though? I did not see it, but I read the gist of it in the pluses and minuses on lionsofliberty.com today. It was, uh, and so, yeah. That's right. Another Brian McWilliams feature. He should be on the show less because we plug him a bunch when he's not on. <laughs> but no, yeah, I approve. Um, I mean, Rand's not perfect, but he's, he's the best that we've got right now who's got a shot at... Uh, High office. Not that that really means anything. You but. sure you don't want another one run with Mitt Romney? One more. One more <laughs> go. Man. Or what about Dom's boy Christie? I mean, maybe we need a good, a good, uh, a, a good mob mafia ton in office. <laughs> hey, get him away from here. That'll work. Hey, I, I just I can't wait till debate season though. Yeah. See, would you vote for him just to get him out of New Jersey, Dom? <laughs> no, because like I alluded to earlier, I mean. The guy coming up right behind him is uh, probably worse. Uh, he's a he's a big labor union guy, and not that I think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I my father was a union carpenter, and I understand some of the values of it. But um, in general, obviously, uh, I think it's absurd, and you know, not to keep uh, harping on the gas tax, um, but uh, something of note that needs to enter this discussion is the fact that New Jersey pays 8.5 times more per mile of road um, maintained in the rest of the country. And most of that's because of labor contracts. And How much is it, 18? 8.5 times more. That's a lot. <laughs> national average. And I forget, I forget how much more than the second, but not a good amount more, like twice as much as the second or something like that. So, I mean, there's, there's another side of the equation. It's not just us being greedy, not paying enough taxes. Um, there's, there's a whole labor and, and government collusion thing going on that really um, kind of screws us all. And when you talk about unions and any kind of negative light, you're seeing this guy who hates the working man, but here we're getting killed by that working man um, resulting in maintaining roads at 8.5 times the going rate. So that's um, 
something I'm concerned about over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's we still have this system where everyone's kind of living off each other in a but not in a positive way. I mean, in a, in a real productive free society, a lot of people will sort of live off each other because they'll be cooperating and they'll be voluntarily forming organizations to fund things. But in our twisted, messed up world. It's really just means people are taking everything out of each other's pockets, and you know everyone's always complaining about this tax and that tax. No matter what side of the political system you're on, people are complaining about what government's doing, and that's because everyone, almost everyone, except uh, us libertarians and, and our and our liquor here, are basically advocating to force their system on everybody, and I, that's what we really got to stop doing. I mean, hey, if people want to sign great labor contracts with some some company to design their roads, great, but don't make this whole state of New Jersey. Do it, you know. Don't don't coerce everybody into your system, and I, I think that's the biggest problem um, overall. If anything else, just just the philosophy people have, or, or I should say, the lack of philosophy people have. The fact that they have no philosophy. Most people's philosophy is, well, I want whatever works, or I want whatever's convenient, or I want whatever you know. Yeah, you tell me. It's it's almost like a, it's a data crunch. It's a numbers crunch for people. It's not about morals, philosophy, rights. These things aren't aren't the things that are taught in school. They're they're not the things that are taught by most of our parents. And it's I'm not trying to knock them. It's just how they were raised too. It's it's a systemic society wide issue of of basically rejecting philosophy, rejecting an examination of our rights, and you know focusing on. Uh, everything else, but uh, th- I think everything else is the least important thing, and that's the most important thing. And as listeners of the show know, this, that's why I, I harp on this stuff all the time. And speaking of harping on stuff, I've been harping on this scotch, and I'm almost done with my glass, so it's just about time to wrap things up. Uh, Howie, I feel like you were taking like a deep, deep, like ready-to-talk breath, so why don't you give me some final thoughts, and, and we'll wrap this puppy up. Sure. My final thought is just you were saying, you know, people, they don't have the principles. They just want whatever works. Well, you know what? We're not just talking about liberty because it, we, I mean, we are, we do share these principles, but it works. That a free market economy is the best way to go. Uh, The drug war, all these other things are so harmful to society as a whole. Some people benefit, yeah, but freedom actually works. I mean, it's practical and it's principled. And that's that's all I've got to say. I agree. And Tom, I'll give you another last words because it's been a while. It's been over a year, and we're going to try to make you a more regular fixture here at, at the Libertarians and Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. So, last word to you, Dom. Yeah, I'd love to be more, you know, more of a uh, more of a member like I used to be. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of back take you back on what what Howie said. Um, <laughs> yeah, besides, besides freedom working, um, it it's just I I believe something we need to start teaching people and coworkers and guys who are kind of curious about this libertarian thing we talk about is um the moral case for it as well. Um it's whether it works the best or whether sixty percent um get wealthy or seventy percent get wealthy, it's the morally correct thing and there's a moral argument for it. And um yeah, I, I look forward to being more of a part of trying to keep that message going and, and pushing it forward. So thanks for having me. I think Dom just signed up for uh, writing the morning roar Monday through Friday next week. I think that that's what I heard there. I'm not sure. We'll talk to John Odermatt at the assignment desk after, afterwards. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's been great talking to both of you guys, as always, as as these shows are always my favorite to do. Because, A, I get to, to drink while I make a podcast. That's fun. And, B, I like talking to you guys. And we like talking about this stuff. That's why we're Lions of Liberty, folks. Because this is what we do. This is what we talk about. And we want to encourage you to do the same thing and join our conversation. Come join us at social media. Facebook.com slash Lions of Liberty. 
And you can also find the Lions of Liberty Forum. It's our new forum on Facebook we've set up very recently. It's a place where people can interact with us. You can come over. You can post your own articles, post your own comments, post your own topics. Do whatever you want. It's totally an open forum. Join us on our social media. Join our conversation. Find us on Twitter, at Lions of Liberty. And keep coming back here. Keep coming back to LionsLiberty.com every single day where we have awesome new content. And, of course, come on back to this show next week, Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, I'll be speaking with James Babb. We'll be talking about the concept of jury nullification. If you don't know what that is, well, tune in on Tuesday. Jeez, come on. It's pretty simple. And also next week, we'll have a new feature we're debuting. I don't even know if you guys know about this yet, so this might be a revelation for everybody listening, including my two guests. But we're going to have a new feature called The Felony Report with John Odermatt, where we're going to be talking about, he is the author, of course, of our weekly Felony Friday feature, and we're going to go over a few of his more recent articles and you know talk about how they relate to... Current events, political philosophy, libertarianism, and the whole deal. So that's a new feature debuting next week that I know you guys are super excited about. I can just feel the the excitement on the other end here, other end of the line here. But until then, fellas, you know you know what I'm going to ask of you guys right now. I mean, I know we didn't really rehearse too much. I know it's been a while, Dom, but I know you're with me. You're on the same page with me when I say, folks, I need you to live long. And live free! <laughs> <laughs>